Welcome to the Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Next Level Show. We have a fun episode lined up for you guys. Um, I have a good friend of mine right now. She relocated to another time zone. So we're just trying to play catch up here. Miss Kirsten, uh, coach out of, uh, originally I met you when you were in St. Augustine and we just been kind of uh, working together throughout the last couple of years. Uh, you've really helped me uh, transition a bit to the online space because uh, I just didn't know how to go about the online coaching world. I know that's a thing, especially like being granted the times that we're living in right now. Um, but I just wanted to have you on. It's been something we've been kind of trying to line up with our busy schedule. So I'm super happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, so like we don't really have anything super structured today. I just kind of wanted just the listeners. We have a, a large, uh, a larger portion of our listeners that appear to be the female uh, listeners uh, over our male audience. And we love our women. We want to provide the most amount of value and always, you know, if we can get it from a, another female coach or a professional, I think that it allows just for a different voice. Cause obviously we can talk about stuff, but some our lady listeners be like, you're not a girl. Um, you don't know what it's like. Um, <laughs> but I think you have a very like good story. I feel like you have a lot of good information to share. Um, what's a little bit about you? How'd you get into this space and of coaching? Oh, wow. Um, so I have a pretty lengthy story, so I don't know how much you want me to get into. Um, I mean, it's up to you. I'm not, I'm, I'm not in a rush. <laughs> um, so I, I played sports all my life, um, but I never really thought that I looked the part. I was shorter than all of my peers. Um, so that kind of set me back. And then also by about high school, I started to gain a little extra weight, nothing crazy, but I just didn't really feel like I looked like an athlete as much as I actually was. Um, and then in college, I gained a little bit more weight. And then right after college, I started training for a bikini competition. It was just something that came around. Someone introduced me to it and I was like, oh, hey, this is pretty cool. And I dieted down for 13 weeks. I lost 25 pounds in 13 weeks, which is just absolutely insane. I was so proud of it at the time, but um, it actually led me onto a bundle of health issues that I didn't quite realize until maybe about a year ago. Um, and so I actually... Um, I competed in my first show. I won overall bikini. Two weeks later, I won overall bikini again. I continued to compete three more times that year um, and then continued to compete for a total of four years before I finally retired and was like, this is, en this is enough. I did 11 shows. I've done this. I've proved this to myself multiple times and I'm just ready to kind of live life and be healthy and not be so extreme anymore. And then a year and a half later, I found out that I um, had something called hypothalamic amenorrhea, wow. which um, I had lost my period from competing um, from the first time. And I was actually on the birth control pill. And so um, it was a weird kind of time where I didn't quite care about losing it because I was like oh that must mean that I'm lean that must mean that I made it um, I'm doing all these things I'm winning all these shows it doesn't matter I don't care I don't want to have a kid anyway right kind of thing that I just was like I'll deal with it later I'll deal with it later and um, yeah so I was on the pill and then when I came off the pill I was like you know it'll come back now because you know I'll regain my natural hormones and cycle and stuff and it never came back and then finally I was like I need to look into this because something's just not right and so I went down that journey and it's been a hell of a ride no I've been following your journey for a while and it's um I've I've seen like obviously your competition uh we've been following each other for years so I've been able to see like that uh that process and then getting out of it, and, I've, and you've been very uh, transparent with, you know, your followers. Uh, I'm assuming that the pressure that it came with just to be able to come to that decision, because 
obviously us being people that we, people think health coach or people think fitness, they think us being in our best, that we are like an anomaly. We just or have to be looking a certain way. And we put this pressure, I think more so on ourselves. I think no one ex- like outside of you, the listener or us, the coaches, people around you, they don't care what you necessarily look like. If you look like a, if you look like a model, as long as you encompass some form of health and discipline in your life, you can, you are doing a lot better than most. But for some reason, we put this external pressure. How was that? What, what made you decide? Okay. I'm, I'm cause you could have been the other extreme where you've been like, I'm what, I don't care how much health unhealthier I get. I'm going to keep this look. What made you kind of like, I know it was a hard decision. How, what made you take that decision finally? Yeah, it was it was devastating. It was one of those things that hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was like, what do I do in this situation? But I think just like, I don't know. I think it just kind of hit me and was like, you know, you're a health coach, you're a nutrition coach, you're a fitness coach. People look at you thinking, you know, you are this health God kind of thing, you know, like you are that person. And for me to sit back and have this secret, you know, and it was a secret for so long. It was not something I talked about. It wasn't something I talked about with my ex-boyfriend. Like he didn't know that I didn't have a period and yeah. And it was something that was just so buried and something that I didn't realize was such a wrong thing. Um, And then when it came about, when I was like, Oh wow. Like if if I'm not, cycling then I'm at a higher risk for osteoporosis at an early age so like I could have kept going and gotten osteoporosis at 40. Wow. That's crazy and that would limit me to exercise and that's only what like less than half of my life hopefully so that and like um, you have a higher risk for breast cancer and heart disease and just so many things just came about and I was like wow like I don't want those things when I'm older and if I don't do something about it now, then, you know, that's just going to be a, a crazy issue later on. And it was also that internal thing. Like I can't keep this secret anymore and I can't keep faking it. Like, and I guess it wasn't really faking it because I didn't know that it was an issue, but it was just one of those things. Like I've got to be real and just come out with this because I'm going to gain weight. Like that was the the recipe for healing is weight gain, you know? So it wasn't like I was going to be able to hide it. Mm -hmm. And I was so afraid of going through the process to get it back and gaining weight and people going, what's wrong with her? Like, what is she doing wrong? Or isn't she a fitness coach? Isn't she a health coach? How, why is she gaining weight? And I didn't want that. I didn't want the the talk behind my back. So I'm like, I'm just going to be open and this is what's going on with me. And this is what I got to fix and take it or leave it. Um, I don't know if you guys have did, anything to add. Yeah. Did Did you find like looking back on it? Did you Did you kind of see that the 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 fear of it was was greater than the the actual what actually happened? Definitely. Or, yeah. 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 That's I've always I've always kind of found that to be to be true with <laughs> most things. Yeah. It's it's okay. definitely the fear. It was so much harder mentally than physically. Like physically the, like I said, the recipe for healing was to gain weight. So I had to stop training and I had to start eating more. And it's not that I wasn't eating, it's just eating more. And so, um, like that part was easy, you know, like, okay, I can have whatever I want to eat today. Great. Give me pizza. Give me ice cream. Um, I don't have to go to the gym. Awesome. I'll sit here and do more work and do whatever. And so it was, it was kind of this freeing moment where it was like you don't have to do this anymore and it just kind of gave me that break that I my body definitely needed but at the same time it was it was the negative thoughts and the fear that seeped in especially at night the nights were the worst because I was living alone at the time so it was always at night where like things would just get really really bad and my head would take over it was it was almost like I was so strong throughout the day and I was putting so much effort into pushing those negative thoughts away and like being more positive and whatever. And by nighttime, when I was just, my body was tired, I was tired. That's when all the negative thoughts came seeping in. And it was just, it was, like I said, it was a ride, but 
it's made me so much stronger in so many ways. Like Mike and I were talking before this about how, um, or Gabe and I were talking before this, um, about how, you know, that experience of taking three months off from the gym almost prepared me for this whole quarantine thing. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I don't think I would have handled the quarantine situation as well as I did if it weren't for me having that little preview of no gym. Yeah. So it kind of like sets you up for it, but it was, but when you went through it, it was a little bit harder, right? Because it was just you doing it. You can still see your friends around you everywhere you looked. I'm sure everywhere you looked, um, you would see something reminding you of, Hey, this is what you're missing or, or, or anything. But now like, you know, it's, it's, worldwide or at least statewide where you're not by yourself everyone else is doing it but also you're not limited to to any type of um um you you need to stay away from certain type of exercise right so you can do things in your house you can do you know go out for walks or hikes or you know get a pair of dumbbells or barbell or anything right so it's 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 the same but just not really but i'm sure it definitely helped you prepare for for this much better than most people right yeah yeah, I would definitely say that. And it's funny because there's there's a whole Facebook group of women who are either going through HA or have gotten through it and healed and whatever. And so now like on the opposite side of this, looking back and I'm talking to other women who are, you know, just starting their journey of healing. And I'm like, hey, you guys have it great because right now this is the best time because everyone else is in this with you kind of thing like you're not you're not seeing your friends going to the gym without you that's kind of how I felt it was like oh my god all my friends are there at the gym and they're they keep asking me when I'm coming back we're all working on our quarantine body (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) no I really I really admire this because um most like people that you have reached a certain level of like of I guess I don't want to say fame but just being known as the fit person you could have been it would you couldn't have been meant if you wouldn't have been mentally strong where you would have just kind of gone away and hid from everything and people just wouldn't have known anything about you you could have potentially have lost your fitness business and i think i think this was like a blessing in disguise maybe for a lot of women feeling comfortable to reach out to you finally and be like hey i'm dealing with x thing i I relate to your story. It's amazing to see someone that I look up to, like be be open about it, uh, because like we talked about earlier, they think that we're some type of fitness anomaly and we don't know what they're going through. And this is so much more common than people think, even for dudes to certain extents. But for women, there's a lot of stuff going on with hormonal issues, uh, especially in the competing world. That's where a lot of women don't address this. They maybe a girl that wants to get in shape and she sees uh, these competitors, they think that, oh, if I only look like that, I would be happy. But little do they know the stress, the, the damage it can do long-term if it's something that you keep up for long periods of time. You did 11 shows. I mean, I know girls with three shows that can do a hell of a lot more damage in just that amount of time, depending on the coach, depending on the protocols they're following, what, what drugs some of these women are having to take. Um, with, without understanding these things, I think that it's super awesome. That's where I really wanted you to have you because I know you have an insight on going to that extreme. You've, you've lived it, you've, you've helped other women. Um, and now your message is shifting. And I think that what is your take now on competing? I guess if I had to ask, like, what are your thoughts about it? If a girl comes to you and, and tells you like she, she's thinking about competing. Yeah. Um, first, I just want to touch on a, what you said. It really is a blessing in disguise. Um, because like you said, I think if I would have, you know, kept going on that, I could have lost a whole lot more than just my period. Um, but back to the competing thing, like, yeah, my my entire outlook on that sport has shifted. And it's it's hard to say because it brought me so much. Like, it changed my life. It if I didn't compete, like I, I don't, I don't know, like I wouldn't have the business that I have. I wouldn't have the mindset that I have. So there's so much that competing gave me, but at the same time, it took away things as well. And I think, you know, like now when women come to me and they're like, Hey, I'm thinking about going on stage. What do you think? And I, try to talk them out of it. Honestly, I'm like, there's no need to go to that extreme. Um, because 
you know, a lot of us, we get into the sport because we're unhappy with the way we look. And we think that looking a certain way is going to make us happy. But that's never the case at all. Even when I was at my leanest, like I would pick things apart about myself. I'd be like, well, if only my glutes were bigger. If only my stomach was tighter. If only my skin looked better. And I think, you know, like that, that aspect of it never really goes away. Um, the reason I stopped competing, it was like my second to last show. And I thought that I looked the very best I had ever looked ever. I was like, I am so happy with this package. No, it's not the greatest. Like there's of course things that people would say that I need to develop more or whatever. But I was like, I'm so happy with this. Why do I need a judge to tell me where I place at this point? I'm like, why do I need that, that confirmation anymore? And that's why I was like, you know what? I'm done. Like I did what I came here to do. I accomplished so much and now it's time to hang the heels up and do something else. So I think think it's just hanging up the heels and then go back to something that you probably feel more fulfilled doing, which is helping others. And I think that when I competed, I did only one show, did two shows and one show, just two different classes or whatever. Um, But ultimately it was all about me. The, the, the likes and everything that I was getting was because based on how I looked, and now my, my, my business is completely different. Again, you gain, like from competing, you, a, a person will gain a lot of stuff, a knowledge about themselves, how their body reacts or how they feel, understanding maybe a little bit more about nutrition, especially if you take it that to, uh, as a thing to learn, not just to follow a coach throughout the pr- process. If you're actually absorbing this information, it can definitely make you a better coach because you understand the extreme of dieting and all the in and outs of those feelings that come when people are struggling through their just normal dieting process you can kind of shine some light on you know it could it's it's not as bad or we can do other things to kind of keep this going but uh ultimately i think that the helping people is what is going to give us more fulfillment in life and like the bodybuilding is a very selfish sport can be very taxing on relationships family things that, you know, if you want to travel, like you really can't because you have to be on prep. It's a whole lifestyle. So I think that, you know, it's, it was a blessing, but I also feel that it just opened being like more about the lifestyle, talking to people about just overall health is where, where people truly, truly need the help. A bodybuilding show is not going to fix your relationship with food. It's not going to make you love yourself anymore. Um, it's only one small part of the fitness industry. And I feel like it's people think that it's much bigger than it really is, but it's such a small niche um, that there's so much more to being happier and healthier. And I think that you're thinking now about your future. You knew that if you continue down this path, probably by 40, a lot of other issues would be arising that are more serious. I feel like now you're going to like, you want to, I think now as we're getting closer to 30, we're, I mean, gays are almost 40, God bless. Um, but like, we're, uh, we're getting to the point where we're thinking more about that, that future tense where, where we were super young, we were just caring about looking good in a bikini, but it's awesome to see like that transformation with that shift. And I think that is really paying off the message. The information you're putting out is just another level that I love seeing. Um, boys, anything that you wanted to add? Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I think going back to what you were what you were talking about, um, where when someone comes to you about wanting to compete and you kind of talk them out of it, you know, you, it's a lot of times people try to go for it for because they just, like you mentioned, don't like themselves or they want to fix something. But you're literally going into a sport where people are judging you every single aspect of your physical appearance. So yeah. that's just not a good recipe. And I think also because so you had the, the great self-awareness to say, hey, I'm in this point in my life. I don't want to continue because of my, you know, future issues that I might, um, that I might get. So let me just stop and just help and uh, fix myself right now. A lot of times, I'm sure people won't have that conversation with themselves, right? They'll be like, screw that, especially if they're winning. Like, you know, you were saying how you, how you were, oh, what am I going to throw? You know, I'm not going to, you know, stop now. Let's just see how far I can take this. And then who knows where they can kind of like find themselves in as far as health wise or health issues later on that they, you know, could have easily avoided if they would have, you know, just um, taken certain kind of steps or certain precautions. I'm sure now when, whenever you, whenever someone, even though you kind of talk them out of it, if they still press it, 
I'm sure you say, hey, okay, well, if you're going to do this, look for this, be careful with this, right? I'm sure that there are certain pointers that you would give or certain um, things to look out for that could be like red flags that I'm sure you've missed, obviously, when, when, when you were going through it. What are those uh, flags or, or, or things that you ask people to, to look for? Oh, such a great question. Um, so I typically, you know, will recommend them to a coach that I know is a little bit more focused on the health side rather than just getting them on stage. Um, and I also, you know, kind of give them the heads up to stay away from any um, anabolic supplements or things that are not natural. Um, so when I competed, I competed in MPC but I never took anything. And then I, um, towards the end of my career, I, um, I did a natural federation. I got my pro card there and, you know, like that, the ability to do it natural is just so much more inspiring, I think. And obviously, you know, you're not going to have external or not external, but like more health problems. Cause who knows what that really actually does to your body, especially as a female. Um, so I always say, like, stay away from anything like that. And then, um, yeah, just kind of don't trust anyone who promise you, promises you, like, I don't know, more than two pounds a week, because that's just too extreme, way too extreme, especially as a petite female. I wanted to I wanted to touch on that because uh, I definitely love the way uh, the message you have. And it's it's very, like, focused on a particular demographic. Um, we've referenced your height a few times already in the conversation just come up, but um, what made you kind of hone in on that and be like, I'm going to work with petite women. I think it's like five, four and below, under, right? Yeah. Five, three and under. Oh, damn. So, I missed <laughs> well, typically, you know, like the, the clothing size, they say like five, four and under, but okay. then I had someone reach out and they were like, well, I'm five, three and I don't feel like I have any of these problems. I'm like, all right, I'll take it down an inch, you know, like maybe we'll just get a little bit more specific. But um, so it's kind of funny how that came around. I was working with a business coach at the time and um, kind of trying different things. And I just, I don't know, I just kept saying like, oh, it's different because, you know, I'm short and I don't burn as many calories as everyone else. And um, I don't need any as many calories as everyone else. And I just, I don't know. I was in this kind of space where I was comparing myself to other people and I was like this and that and this and that. And she was just like, I think you're onto something. And I'm like, what? And she's like, sleep on it. I think you're onto something. And then the next day I woke up and I'm like, what if I do like a niche towards short women? She was like, I knew it was going to come. <laughs> and it was just one of those things that like, this is so weird. And there's there's like one or two other people kind of targeting height, I guess. And I was like, well, let's give it a shot and see if it works. And it like, everything just kind of bloomed after I was like, this is what I'm doing. So it's been, you built, a, been you a, built a whole, you built a whole brand around it. I've seen like recently you released some merchandise and stuff. Yes, or, I'm so excited. <laughs> your clients rock it and just people rock it. That's super cool. Um, <laughs> I remember like, you know, you were, you were just working with women overall. I was like your main like uh, demographic of, you know, clients. And I, I saw that one day, like Instagram name changed the, the message. You like announced it like, and it's pretty cool to see because I feel that it's good advice also for our the listeners that are maybe on the coaching side of things or, or are thinking about coaching. I know you transitioned fully online. Are you still currently only online right now? I'm only online right now. So when I first started, I was just training in a gym. Um, I trained in the gym for four years. Um, in those four years, I got my nutrition certification and started getting people um, both in the gym and online. So I was kind of doing a little bit of everything. And the people I was training in the gym, it was people of all sizes, all genders, all ages. Like it was just whoever I can get, you know, I was young. I just wanted the experience. And, um, yeah, so like I, my gym actually, this is a weird story. My, there was two gyms in St. Augustine, two world gyms okay. and they were both owned by the same person. And, um, I was training at the smaller location. So it was on the beach, had a oh, um, nice. higher demographic and it was 
a smaller gym. But out of nowhere, the owner decided to close the big gym. He just okay. closed his doors and said, everybody has to go over to the beach gym. And we were like, uh, how is that going to work? This is smaller. Like there's half the amount of equipment. You're going to put all those people in here. People were pissed, you know, like you can't just shut down a gym. And so that kind of started this whole thing for me to be like, okay, what's next? You know, like if I, I can't just stay here because St. Augustine is kind of like an old school town. Like they're not up and coming. They don't have like the best technology kind of thing. And I'm like, if I stay here, I'm just going to be stuck. So what's next? And that's when I fell into the online coaching. I'm like, let me just run with this and see what happens. And I hired a mentor and within four months I was out of the gym and I just completely went full-time online and I'd been online um, just working with females I was doing competition and just normal healthy lifestyle and that was a handful right you know kind of having the two separate types of clients and then I think it was like a, a year and a half before I finally niched down and realized like my most successful clients have been short women. So it just kind of clicked there. That was the it, most helpful. It really clicked. It was so cool. Mike. Well, I was going to say, it's probably just due to the fact that you personally have experience with that. Yeah. And I mean, that, that goes a long way. I know that from personal experience, you know, mm-hmm. um, what are some, what are some of the, the biggest sort of key points of being someone that is, you know, five foot three and, and with the struggle of, know, losing weight or working out or any of those things? Like what are the sort of like hot button topics that you cover? Yeah. So the biggest thing to keep in mind really is that because we are smaller, shorter, we typically are smaller in the sense that our weight is a lot less than everyone else. So um, when it comes to burning calories, you know, the weight is a factor in that equation. So we naturally burn less calories than everyone else. So if I go out for a walk and my boyfriend goes out for a walk, he's six one, I'm five foot. We go out for a walk, he'll burn a bunch of calories. And I'm sitting here like, I burned only half of what you burned. Like, that's not fair. We're just walking. Um, so because of that, you know, we, we also require less calories as well. And I think there's this whole thing, especially on social media, where it's like, oh, if you're eating under 2,000 calories, you're not eating enough. But again, it's, you forget to take in consideration of size and what your body actually needs. But then there's also this other half where like, if you plug your stats into MyFitnessPal or any sort of online calculator, us short girls get like 900 calories. And that's Ooh. not cool either. Like yeah. that's not right. So I think there's just this whole miscommunication of what is right for you. And I'm not just going to talk about, you know, like we should be in this window of calories because that's not right either. Like everybody's so different. Mm-hmm. So um, that's my biggest message to get out there. No, I love that. I think I go ahead, Gabe. Yeah, no, what I was going to say is that, well, you know, you mentioned about like your, your weight is um, uh, for someone shorter, you know, they're way less burn less calories. Um, so that could be something where they can see as a, as a negative where, well, I only eat like, you know, one burger and I put on X amount or anything really shows, but that's great. Um, that weakness can also be a strength, right? Because any, you know, change that you make to your nutrition and your training, you can see it a whole lot faster and a whole lot easier. Right. So I guess if anyone's, you know, in, in that demographic or that, that, that niche or that, that height range, um, they can kind of like, you know, don't, don't think of it as, as a negative. You can kind of also think of it as a positive and saying, okay, well, anything, any little thing that I can change, I'll see it a whole lot faster than someone else. And um, yeah, with the whole 2000 calories, I think like that's, you know, I, I, people say that I think for the more like the general person, but it all comes down to the individual variance, right? So, you know, anything that any number that anybody kind of gives out to you without asking, you know, certain kind of questions, you should always, you know, red flag should always come up. And you should, you know, be cautious of the information that's coming your way um, because uh, you, you need to get more information from the person to give an actual answer, right? That's why, um, you know, I, I, you know, we all, think, you know, hate the uh, BMIs and we always, you know, advocate more towards um, tracking your calories, just kind of see where your maintenance is and see where you need to go plus or minus from there, as opposed to just putting in any kind of numbers, any kind of calculator, because while it might give you a good 
direction, it won't be as best as getting some information from you and yourself. Right. Right. Exactly. And like you said, like five pounds looks like 15 pounds on us. So, I mean, it goes both ways. Like if you, if you gain five pounds, it's going to show a lot. If you lose five pounds, it's going to show a lot. So, um, and that's another thing is I think we all have this in our head, like losing a pound of wheat, a pound of pound on the scale, whatever, um, a week is, you know, ideal, but that's actually pretty extreme for us little ones. So um, that's another thing to kind of keep in mind. And also, I know John and I talk about this all the time, um, but like fitness equipment, especially the machines in the gym, like some things just don't feel right for me. Some things feel super awkward. Like the strides on the elliptical is my favorite example. They're just too big for my frame. And I'm, I never hop on the elliptical. I never tell anyone to get on the elliptical because it doesn't feel right for me. And then like things like the leg press and um, the lat pull down bar sometimes like that's impossible to reach. Um, Just there's little things where the machines especially just don't feel right. And so a lot of the times like most of my programs contain just barbells and free weights and and things that you can move like free range, I guess, um, within range of your body. I think that's like, it's good because I mean, that's going to even be a more, probably a more effective program for the grand majority of people anyways. I mean, I'd say like from my experience, like I'm five, seven. So I think some equipment is generally built for what five, eight, five, 10 is like the range. I don't know, Mike, if you like know anything specific on that or Gabe, but I, I just know I've heard it's a roughly around like the anything bigger than I am. And I just, most of my programs are built on dumbbells and, and cables and, and barbells just because I can't reach certain equipment. I just can't get full stretch or full extension of what the equipment needs because my, I have shorter arms or whatever the case. Usually leg stuff is not an issue, but it's more like my up, my arm length is just, so I think that it's important to note that this can apply to us dudes that are not the, the, the blessed six foot and plus like huge people um that it's it doesn't mean that you can make gains and even if for me like i noticed if i lose five pounds you will tell on my frame like if i was six foot six plus five pounds might not look like much and then also to build muscle it's a pain in the ass because you have to so much more mat, so much of a bigger frame to fill up so in a way i'm grateful i'm totally okay with my height now like i for for a couple like a year or so i was like self-conscious when i realized i was finally like a shorter person but i i take it you know now for what it is is i think that bodybuilders for example are now shorter than they were like years ago they just are bigger people they are easier to put on a bunch more mass so but back to your coaching, um, I wanted to ask you, like, so if a female listener is listening to this right now and she's like, how do I, like, what's like your approach to kind of, she can take away that can get started. I know for us, we've talked a lot about getting some data from our clients. So if we're going to work with them, kind of get some feedback and some information, what they're already currently doing now in their life uh, without changing anything drastically. So we can, instead of just, even for my, if you're six foot, I don't care. I'm not going to plug your information necessarily in a scale and be like, here you go. This is what the calculator spat out to me. This is what you're supposed to follow because, because science, um, like whatever, like the, <laughs> cause gains, bro. And I, but what would you do for like your female listeners? Is their approach a little different or do you have like already kind of honed in on something that you feel that works a little bit better? No, I'm just like you where it's like, I need the, I need to collect data first. I need to know what you're doing, where you're coming from, where your calories are at now, how much, you know, you're moving throughout the day before we start anything. And then from there, it's, it's baby steps, you know, like you're not just going to run a full marathon. You're going to do the training to get there. And it's, it's little things over time, small changes and it, it, that's really kind of like the recipe for it. Um, going extreme is only going to cause problems. And I mean, as far as like tangible um, advice is start slow, you know, do a little bit more each week. Do you find that what's like the average? I know like roughly what I get is a, a good variety, but for the most part is, do you feel that, 
the common thing that you may find from someone giving you information, they start working with you as a coach and they notice, do you notice it's more of an under eating thing or are they genuinely just consuming consistently a lot? Like what is a trend that you normally see? Because you hear a lot is like, I'm under eating, but I'm gaining weight. Like what's the common, once you like plug that information and you can get a good understanding of what's happening, but what's the common thing? Do you find more under eating or more of that under eating binge? Um, or how does that look for like the average person you kind of work with? You know, I think it's, it's a little bit of both. It's, it's the under eating and then um, just like not having much awareness of what you're eating. And so <laughs> You know what? I feel like what I typically see is people not eating a whole lot of volume, but eating very dense, calorie dense foods. So they're like, I, mean, I don't feel like I'm eating that much at all. Like I'm still hungry throughout the day because there's just not that much in front of me. But what they're eating is very calorie dense and it's causing them to kind of be in a surplus. And that's what's actually causing them to gain weight or maintain weight or just whatever. Um, so I think that it's a matter of switching that up and being and and having more um low calorie foods but in a higher volume so that they're eating more food throughout the day and then they're like oh wow like i feel like i'm eating a ton i feel like i can't finish my food i feel like i'm stuffed but i'm actually eating less calories than i was before and i think that's the biggest shift that i i normally see and um, normally work with so you're, you're, I know you post a lot of awesome recipes and like comparison foods where, where like you may show an alternative for that, that, uh, that very calorie dense food, uh, but you give an option that's like half the calories or something. I know you have amazing recipes that you're always posting on social media. It's like, I feel that it's, it looks amazing. I'm always like, I got, if I'm hungry, I can't stay there too long. Um, <laughs> But you have these really unique recipes. What are your like, I guess your top three that you love making to substitute the your favorite cheat foods, I guess, if you want to put them <laughs> in that context. Oh wow. Um so my favorite like cheat food is always gonna be a burger and fries. I don't okay. like I'm not a pizza person. Oh, I grew up in New York and I'm still not a pizza person. I don't know. Okay. It's not a thing for me. Um, Dave is like catching over there. He's from New York. So I'll give you one <laughs> for, you for pizza. So I've taken like a, a flatbread, like a protein um, flat out wrap, you know, where it's like 12 grams of protein and whatever. So mm -hmm. I've taken that and put um, some tomato sauce on it, put some low fat cheese on it and like little turkey pepperonis and veggies, like totally loaded up with peppers and onions and all that. And I throw wow. that in the oven and it's like a really thin crust pizza. So that's really fun. Um, oh, I like that. And then like for the burger, I usually, so I'm not like, I'm not one of those people who are like gluten-free everything. Um, mm -hmm. But typically like I rather have my carbs from something else rather than bread. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not a bread person either. So like I love bread, but it's not, it's not something that I'm like, I have to have this every day, but so I'll typically do like a burger patty with lettuce wraps and then I load it up with the works. So I'll still do ketchup, pickles, onions. Like I just even bacon sometimes, like all the topping actually make it. But, um, and then instead of French fries, I'll either do like air fried potatoes or straight up steamed green beans. I don't know why I think it's just like the length of them, but to me, I'm like, these are like French fries. You dip them in ketchup too and it's great. Um, <laughs> so there's that, I'm trying to think of one more of like a cheat food. Um, I mean, tacos are always good in lettuce wraps too. That's great. Okay. Um, but those are like the main foods that people yeah. go for is either right? they're tacos, pizza, <laughs> or burgers. I'm oh, definitely a like, burger person. In ice cream or something like that. Um, I I don't know how I stumbled upon this, but like I made this avocado chocolate mousse. So you like a ripe avocado, right? Okay. And you throw it in um, a Nutribullet or Magical Blender, whatever you have, um, with cocoa powder or... Barleen's chocolate greens. And I know this sounds crazy, but it's a it's a superfoods powder, 
Okay. And most of the time when you think like superfoods powder, you think of like really chalky, gross, yeah. nasty, yuck. Um, I've had plenty <laughs> of those, trust me. But this one, you can find it on Amazon. It's amazing. It tastes better than sweetened cocoa powder and it's 25 calories for a tablespoon. It's great. Um, so throw that in there or unsweetened cocoa powder, whichever you prefer. A little bit of almond milk. Um, you can even add chocolate protein powder to it if you want to. I typically don't. Um, throw some ice in there, blend it, and it's so creamy and just like dense and thick. You can either eat it as pudding or you can throw it in the freezer and let it get a little hard. And it's it's this amazing chocolate treat. Wow. So I'm gonna, I think this blew my mind <laughs> out of the other it's recipes. Great. Yeah, because I think most people are like, oh, um, peanut butter and banana and cocoa powder and put that in. But that's still very dense. But the avocado, man, that's where it's at. Mike, did you have something to say? I saw you like pitching. Yeah, yeah. I was, um, I, I was actually curious about this. And I've, I've never had the opportunity to talk to somebody who, who does something like this. Those, those meal comparisons that you do, do you actually – cook those and then do the pictures and everything um mm -hmm. and then more importantly in my opinion who gets to eat all the food <laughs> so i do um <laughs> it's it's a long process you know it's one of those things it's like okay i have to plan it all out in my head or write it down and then have everything cooked at the same time and then and place it on and take a picture of it and do all this stuff. And it really is kind of like a lengthy process, but um, I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, I'm going to take, I'm going to eat a meal. I'm going to make it pretty because that makes me happy. And that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> and I take a picture before I eat it and then I eat it. And then like over the course of the week or even a couple days, like I put those together and then I'll edit it. So it's kind of, it looks like it's in one photo, um, but it's actually broken up over the course of, couple days or okay. times a day but it does take a little bit of time to to think and then to arrange it in a certain way to take the picture by the time you eat it it is a little bit cooler I'm okay with that as long I'm as such, I get I'm such photo. a guy because I just throw my food on my plate I like have no artistic like if I even serve someone like I'm if if uh, Kirsten's ever like around, I'm just going to tell her, please serve my food so I can take a picture of it because um, my, I just <laughs> stir it together and I just eat it. And it's like, I, if I ever get lucky where my food looks super appetizing, I'm going to take a picture of it and I'll post it because other times it looks very like blah. Like I'm just like not artistic when it comes to food and creative. That's like the ice cream one still has me blown. Cause I'm a very big ice cream person. That's like my favorite food to eat, I guess as like a sweet thing. And I'm, I'm going to give that one a shot and I'm going to let you know what I personally think because I'm so like, I love ice cream so much, but I think that I'm open to, you know, I've never been a Halo Top person. I've never been like those. So yeah, that has a weird aftertaste. I know. Yeah, I, so I feel like this would be more natural would be better. Gabe? No, instead of trying all these other kind of ones like Halo Top and Lighten, there's a whole bunch of like lower calorie or high protein or whatever kind. And I don't even, I, I've tried, I, no lie, like at least five of them. And they all have just a weird aftertaste. I just can't get into it. So I said, you know what, if I'm going to have some ice cream, it's going to be, going to be Ben and Jerry's, some hot dogs. Exactly. Some, uh, what was it? There's other, other one, the gelato, the Tolen, Tolentino or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really good. But um, yeah, I just can't do any, all the other ones. I like the, uh, I like the Halo Top peanut butter and jelly. That one's, that one's passable for me I, I don't, everybody's giving me a little weird look it's okay i don't think i've tried I can that enjoy one. it it's good i i like it um <laughs> you know i've, I've seen I'm, one that it said popcorn flavor oh i, I can't do that was no. it real yeah. I, I, or was I, that on instagram no no it was real it was real i saw it in whole foods i was there i was just like what the hell is this i'm like My. i love popcorn i would never have popcorn ice cream uh, that's a they hard were pass. they were so focused on if they could they they lost sight of if they should yes <laughs> That's actually correct. Yeah. This is like the science morality. Thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They had no morality when it came to like desserts. Yeah. Like, how could you do this? It's not about, I think anything is possible nowadays, but definitely not everything should be uh, tried, I feel. Um, boys, did you have anything else to ask before I move on to the next thing? Yeah, I'm good. So I kind of wanted like to share. Um, so 
I know you do strictly online. Uh, a little bit more, t a couple takeaways uh, for our, our people that are uh, transitioning or currently an in-person coach or thinking about doing online. Do you think it's necessary? Do you think that your success as an online coach has been just strictly because you focus on a particular market or because of the years of experience that you've gained from in-person coaching? Uh, what are your advice to like someone that's wanting to do this and, and do both or wondering if they should either or? Great question. So I think it's definitely a little bit of both. I think having the experience of working with a variety of people and in person um, definitely makes a difference. Um, and then also it, it just makes you more confident and that confidence always like having that confidence shows um, your, your clients can easily pick up on it, whether you're in person or online, whether you're confident or not. And um, that makes a, a huge difference. So um, definitely, you know, in person and having that experience. Um, but then also, yes, definitely niching down. Like you cannot market to everyone. Online, you're mean. You're yeah. yeah, I learned that the hard way, <laughs> you know, for a couple of years being like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? Um, or not 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 working it was working but it just wasn't working as well as i wanted it to um but yeah like i think having that specific person that you talk to and um even just like all your captions and anything any instagram stories like just envision that you're talking to a specific person and that just is is money <laughs> you know like it just it it changes the whole game. I think a lot of advice. I love just, I love talking business with you because I see that you're doing things so well. And I admire like a lot of the traits that you have as an online presence an online coach, a woman that speaks to real things, real issues. Um, I think a lot of advice that I also would, I think, you know, you can tell me if you agree or not is I think that people are like, how do I figure out what my niche is? It took you a while to figure it out. It took you a couple months of going at it and trying really, really, you know, trying different things. I think that More than months. I mean, I, I started coaching training in the gym in 2013. Okay. No, and so it's been fully transitioned to petite coaching until this time last year. Okay. So it's been, yeah. Okay. So it's, so, you know, so I, I think it goes to show yeah, that like, don't, don't rush, you know, straight to trying to figure it all out or think that you do. I think that my personal advice, and I've heard this from other uh, people that are now currently as well, fully online is take the time at least a year to a couple of years of really being in the trenches and working with a, a, a vast majority, because I think that naturally, you will find what you love about coaching, what kind of person you love to assist. Some people love, you know, advanced age. Some people like younger people. Some people are gravitating more towards middle age. And I think, or a particular type of, of, of person that a personality or whatever. And I think that you only know this. I think you were able to figure out this probably much sooner than most versus, versus if you would have just jumped strictly to the virtual world, having zero understanding on, you know, the everyday person that's struggling with fitness you know, your school is there. Um, and then when you want to, it's going to make you a much better uh, online coach, because essentially, I, I've always thought of it's like, it's, it's challenging, because you're not there in person, you're, you're kind of almost coaching in some senses, blindfolded, I feel like you don't see them. Um, you're going based on strictly the, the information that they're able to give you the feedback they're able to give you. But if you've worked with people in person, it's going to make you so much more efficient because you're going to be able to see ahead of normal common things that happen. If they tell you this feels odd when I'm doing this exercise, but you've known from working with hundreds of people throughout the years that it could be because they're not uh, pushing their knees out, or maybe they're kind of squatting more to on their toes. Maybe that's why their knees are bothering them. But if, if you're, have you never seen a lot of people do this, you know, it's going to be a, a much, not impossible, just a much, I feel a harder transition to be an online coach. But given the times that we live in, I think it's an amazing uh, way to use social media, the internet, you know, the resources that we have. And I feel like you can expand your reach. It probably, you probably have people all over the world that you're working with at the moment that are able to, you know, you're able to touch essentially. 
yeah it's so cool when you get someone from like canada or australia and they're like hey i'm like get out like this is so cool um but yeah like right on your point it's 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 spot on i think you know everything takes time and you know you're you're not going to grow this incredible um organization or company or whatever overnight like that's never the case with anyone you're gonna you're gonna fail a few times like things are gonna be rough and then they get great um but something that i constantly do every morning i'm sure that you've heard me talk about this all the time and you've probably seen other people do it too but um practicing gratitude and practicing affirmation so in the mornings like the first thing i do is i open my app on my phone it's a five minute journal and it's just it's a list basically it's like three things that you're grateful for three things that um you want to accomplish today and three affirmations that you have so every morning i do that and like the one affirmation that it just it's almost every morning that I say it, but it's, I'm exactly where I need to be, you know, and there's always things that you're going to be striving for. There's always going to be more that you want. There's always going to be like that next thing, but you have to be where you are in order to get there. So I'm always like, I'm exactly where I need to be. And it helps. I think this is going to be this is valuable for anyone. I mean, even if you're not a coach, it's just just to kind of practice, especially with everything that's going on. I know it's very easy to get stuck in, you know, a negative loop of, of thoughts and everything. So, you know, this, this principle doesn't matter if you're a coach or not, if you are X person or not, this is, these are practices that you can incorporate in, uh, into your normal life um, that can generally make it a lot better. Uh, Kirsten, I wanted to ask you, um, what are some takeaways for, you know, someone that's listening to this, um, you know, they're, they may not have, you know, they may not feel comfortable yet, you know, reaching out to a coach. Um, what are some like, what are some, I guess, the main things you tell someone to focus on if they ask you, what can I do to get in better shape or get this started for myself when it comes to exercise and nutrition, maybe the thought process they should have. What are some takeaways for these people that may be asking themselves? Hmm. I think what I just said with the the affirmations is going to be super powerful. I think a lot of a lot of what makes us unhappy is all in our heads. It's all perspective and mindset and things like that. And um, kind of going back towards the HA thing, um, I I kind of just came to this realization where you know at a hundred and I don't know ten pounds when I had like come off stage and was feeling like I was at a healthy weight, even though I wasn't, I, I still wasn't happy then, you know, like there was still things that I could pick apart about my body and be like, Oh, this and that, this needs work, this, that needs work. And, you know, it, it took the entire process of gaining weight to look back and be like, even if I went back there, I still wouldn't be happy. So it's really, it's not my body that I have to work on at this point. It's my mind. Um, so I think that's a large piece of everything, um, whether it's fitness or nutrition or business or your relationship or, or anything, it's really, it comes down to like, what's in your head. So, um, practicing that, um, and, and starting with the gratitude is the simplest and easiest thing, because I think like therapy and then journaling, that's all just super overwhelming stuff that no one really wants to do. But if you're just writing a list of three things in the morning, it's a great start. No, I think that's like, that's super important. I think that the, the biggest issue in fitness is never, there's everything, everything typically works. If someone's trying for the first time, everything typically will work to get your body to respond. But longevity comes from addressing the things internally in your mind. That's going to really, you know, keep you on this journey for the long haul. Um, beautifully said um boys if you have anything else there mike nope so i wanted to do a fun question before wrapping things up with uh kirsten is i because i forgot to ask this at the beginning but i did jot it down it's fun size question fun size question right no it's a it, this is an all size <laughs> question kirsten what is a pet of yours that you genuinely feel that is if you're objective it's not really a big deal 
but it bothers you. For an, I'll use an example. Gabe's, I love Gabe's because it's the most <laughs> one to use this. He, it really bothers him when he goes to a, uh, where he, when he was working um, in, the, in, his, in, the, in the big company, he would go to the main break room, use the microwave, and it wouldn't be zeroed out. It would have two seconds on it left. He has to clear it out, and then he can put like his button. He knows it really doesn't take much, but it just, it just bothers him. Me, if I wash all the dishes and I find one dish a couple minutes later, you couldn't wash the one dish. It's not a big deal. It's one dish. I could totally take care of it. What's something that's like that for you that like, eh, it's like dumb, but it's, it just gets you every time. Oh man. Um, I don't know. I'm a pretty easygoing person. Not a lot of things like get me too fired up. Oh man. Um, while you're thinking, I'm going to do like a fitness reference. Just because why not? Okay. Um, but I think like when people put the wrong weight plate on the wrong little thing, yeah. okay. Like when when you put like a a like a two point five behind a forty five, it's like uh, why? Like why can't you just put that in the right spot? It's for the people that fail kindergarten because they can't match shapes or numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that pisses me off too and then like i guess same on that reference putting like the lighter weights up high it's like no i can't reach that and those are the weights that i need <laughs> no i think so i think that one i haven't been in a in a commercial gym in a while so it's just i know anytime fitness where i used to work at i know mike he's gonna probably see a lot of that this week going back to work and yes. We used to, every morning, I would document this in the mornings before yeah. anyone that had followed me in the past will remember that I would like look at it. And the night that I left, I left late and it was fine. It's someone in the middle of the night that I think does this on purpose. Granted, one of the times was my actual brother that did this. And I was like, wow, bro, I was... I am ashamed and <laughs> but it was um it's yeah it's a thing like I'm trying to get that 2.5 I don't want to go for the full five I don't want to go for the full 10 I'm not I'm not I'm just trying to break that PR by just 2.5 and it's all the way behind like three plates of 45 like it's right there you just see it but for me it doesn't even matter if I'm going to use it or not I need to have everything lined up I need to have everything looking right before I even start, I might even just start fixing it. Even even if I have nothing, no intention of using it, I might not even go to the to the barbell or to the squat rack. But I'm going to fix it up <laughs> before I even continue on with my exercise because I just need to to see it like that. Everything needs to be balanced and symmetrical. <laughs> That's true. It's all about the aesthetics. But Kirsten, <laughs> I, I um and lastly, I w I want people to be able to find you. Where can people find you? I know you have your own podcast. I want you to plug away. And I would love for our female listeners that if you, you know, if you resonate with uh, Kirsten's message, check her out on her social media platforms, what she's talking about. And please reach out to her. She's providing an amazing service. I feel that you would be able to truly, you know, connect. I think the biggest thing when it comes to coaching, it's not the coaching. It's can does this person understand me can this person genuinely feel and has felt what i'm going through and i think that you are doing a tremendous tremendous job and service to a lot of women uh in those shoes so go ahead kirsten plug away yeah so i'm mostly on instagram that's where i'm always hanging out so that's at funsized.nutrition um and then i have a and it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and wherever you can listen to podcasts. And um, so on my Instagram, I have a ton of recipes and ton of food, just ideas and things like that. And you can sign up for my email list and you'll get a recipe to your email every Monday. And yeah, um, there's quite a bit of information on my Instagram. So be sure to check it out. Can you plug in your podcast? I just want to make sure that our audio didn't, uh, you know, get cut out a little bit. Just, just the podcast is the only thing that we didn't hear the name of your podcast. It's Kier Here. So K-I-E-R Here, H-E-R-E. Okay, perfect. Well, make sure to plug that into the show notes and so people can find you. Uh, Kirsten, thank you so much for coming on the Next Level Show and hanging out with us and just catching up. It's awesome to see you doing super well. 
Um, I always, you're one of the people that I keep up with on social media the most. I love seeing what you're all, what you're doing, what you're up to. And I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying the other coast. So Mike accidentally turned off the record button before I was able to give the outro, but I hope you guys enjoyed this, uh, this episode as we enjoyed talking with Kirsten. I have a lot of respect and love for her. Um, if you liked her stuff, go ahead and check out her podcast, go ahead and check her out on social media. She's doing phenomenal things. And if you're new and you're coming over from her side, thanks so much for tuning in. Go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review if it would be so appreciated. And if you don't want to miss any of our future podcasts, go ahead and subscribe. We drop about three episodes a week currently, and uh, that way you just stay up to date with everything that we're doing. You can follow our Instagram page at The Next Level Show. You can follow me, Jonathan, at John Alva 7 Gabe is at Prime and Glory, and Mike is at Mike Nellis PT.